Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Welcome to What You Won't See or Hear in the Mainstream Media, the program that exposes the things the mainstream media refuses to cover. Tonight, we'll take you to the press conference that never happened to ask the questions that the mainstream news reporters refuse to ask and give you our take on what the answers to those questions might be. The press conference for Ketanji Brown-Jackson, nominee to the United States Supreme Court. Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson. Yeah, you in the red ball cap. Ms. Jackson, are you not insulted, not only for yourself, but the entire AA community, to know that the only reason you were nominated was because President Biden needed to use and abuse a black female to check off two boxes on his campaign checklist? What you mean? And before you answer that, what do you mean by some AA? Well, Ms. Jackson, first of all, AA means African American. You see, it's a journalistic practice to shorten the number of syllables so that you can get more actual words into a news story. Just like the NAACP is an acronym for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, AA is simply short for African American. And by the way, how come the NAACP still uses the antiquated term colored people? Isn't that an insult to your entire race? And secondly, what I mean is President Biden only chose you because you check off two boxes on his Pandora's wish list, dark skin and a vagina, just like Kamala Toe Harris. You don't actually think Kamala Harris got the VP spot because she was qualified, do you? Well, I am more than qualified applicant for this job, and it don't got a damn thing to do with nothing about my skin color or my gender, you heard? Then why did Biden say out loud throughout the campaign and as soon as the opportunity came up multiple times that he would only consider a black woman for the job? Isn't that racism on its face, Miss Jackson? And remember, Miss Jackson, if you answer anything but yes, then you are a racist. You've automatically then proven that you are biased and therefore unqualified for a post on the high court. Look here, mister. You ain't gonna bait me, you heard? I'm smarter than that. Just a setup, you heard? I ain't nobody fool. You know what I mean? I mean, did you hear me correctly, sir? Miss Jackson, is it true that your attendance at Harvard Law School was predicated on an affirmative action, not on your actual qualifications? In other words, you got into Harvard because of the color of your skin and the arrangement of your genitals and not your test scores? After all, I understand there were many, many other students who applied to Harvard who didn't get in because they weren't black and they weren't female. Look, mister, you're just trying to piss me off. That's racist and you know it. No, actually, Miss Jackson, Harvard has many workarounds to the affirmative action admissions practices. That's why they currently shun Asians from admissions. They've changed their admissions practices for Asians because the Asians were much smarter than the Latinos, the African-Americans, and yes, even the white students. Even though the Asian applicants to Harvard have a much higher test score than double A's, Hispanics, and whites, they are being systemically kept out of Harvard. But you don't care about that, do you, Ms. Jackson? Because you got in. And even though there were many smarter Asians than you, smarter whites, and yes, even a few smarter Hispanics, you used privilege, your race, and your gender to get in. Just like the privilege you have now as a nominee to the Supreme Court, even though there were many, many more qualified Asians, Hispanics, and yes, whites, and many, many more qualified males. Look, Miss Jackson, just face the facts. You were only nominated because you are black, 
and you are a female. Heck, the only thing that would have been better would be if you were a lesbian, and then Mr. Biden would have had the trifecta, black gay woman. So how does it make you feel? Accomplished or just a token placement based on skin color and genital arrangement? That's it. I'm done. This press conference be over. Now, one more thing before I go, Miss Jackson. Why do you give such lenient sentencing for sex offenders? Are you a victim or a participant? Miss Jackson? Miss Jackson? You've heard of mouthwash, right? The stuff you use to gargle and rinse out your mouth after eating and just before bed? Mouthwash is used to get rid of the nasty aftertaste from certain foods that you eat. Those foods might have sounded good, tasted good, and even felt good going down. But now that they're coming back up, not so much. After all, nobody wants to kiss a bacteria-filled garlic and onion smelling mouth, right? Democrats not only suffer from the ravages of what they put into their mouths, but the word vomit that constantly comes out of their mouths. New from the makers of your favorite mouthwash, it's Demgargle. Made from 100% recycled regret, Demgargle is the proven treatment for the bad taste in the mouth of Democrats. Just stick your foot in your mouth, or spout it another nasty lie and are about to get caught in it? Having some regrets? Simply gargle with a cap full of Dem Gargle. Show your pearly whites to the camera and all will be forgiven by the mainstream media. Dem Gargle is chemically formulated to cover up gaffes, misspoken words, and outright lies spouted from the word holes of your favorite Democrat politician. And Dem Gargle's patented formula also helps any Democrat who uses it to develop instantaneous amnesia. That's right, every cap full of Dem Gargle takes a section of the memory center of the brain away from the Democrat user, so they can actually forget the lies that they just spoke. Heck, it's so effective, the current president of the United States of America can actually swear by it. He's been using Dem Gargle for over 48 years, and he can't remember a damned thing. To order Dem Gargle, simply prove that you're a Democrat, a member of the DNC, and write in your request in the form of an earmark in the next Democrat spending bill. We'll discreetly ship your 55-gallon drum of forgetful Dem Gargle to the loading dock of your favorite shell company. Ask for Dem Gargle on the go. Democrats who order four drums or more will receive a complimentary metal flask loaded with extra strength Dem Gargle, especially helpful at press conferences or when you're put on the spot by a pesky conservative news reporter. Dem Gargle, rest breath, shiny white smile, and plausible deniability, all in a convenient mouthwash. So were you one of the tens of Americans who got fooled into purchasing a new electric car by the Biden administration, thinking you're going to be doing your part to help our environment and help our economy? Yes. Well, the regrets should be piling up by now. But don't worry if they haven't. They will soon. Electric cars are more expensive than their gasoline and diesel counterparts. Electric cars use more polluting components as well. And of course, electric cars are less recyclable, so that means when your car finally dies, and it will probably die far sooner than a tried-and-true proven gasoline or diesel-powered car, that means it will end up in a landfill, polluting for centuries to come with its plastic petrochemical components and those batteries that we have found no good way to recycle. Electric cars, of course, have far less operating range, which means you can't go as far on a charge. Charging takes multiple hours 
whereas gasoline or diesel fill-ups take only minutes. And of course, charging stations are few and far between. Sure, the U.S. government will bait you for a little while, offering free charging stations here and there. But one day, as the cost of electricity skyrockets, the supply is shortened, you will pay. And pay you will. Oh, you don't believe me? Let's do a little comparison, shall we? A Truth Hurts program-style comparison. We'll take two families, two brothers. Let's say it's Grandma Margaret's kids, Joe and Ronald. Two families, both brothers, each with a wife and two kids, and they happen to live on the same cul-de-sac in suburban any town USA. Both brothers sitting around having a beer one afternoon when Joe asks his younger brother Ronald, Hey, the kids are all off for Easter break from the 1st, and they go back on the 10th of April. I think the two of us should put our families in the cars and drive up to Mom's for Easter break. You know Mom, she'd love to have us all there at the big house, and she always plans a fun Easter vacation for us and for the kids. She wants to see her grandkids anyway. What do you say? Ronald, always up for any challenge set forth by his older brother Joe, says, sure, we'll leave Saturday morning at 7 a.m. That way, we can have a whole week at Grandma's. I can't wait to tell my kids. Joe says, yes, I'll run home now and tell my kids. Oh, the excitement is building quickly as the grandchildren of Grandma Margaret decide, we're going to Grandma's, we're going to Grandma's. What do you think Grandma will have planned for us? The grandchildren all said to their two respective fathers. Well, whatever it is, it's going to be fun. So Grandma's two boys from the cul-de-sac in the town, 550 miles away, decide, yes, We shall leave Saturday morning, and we'll get to Grandma's, and it'll be an entire week of fun and games, and it'll just be like old times. The kids will love to see Grandma, so they begin packing. Now, Mom, Margaret, better known as Grandma, to Joe and to Ronald, she knows the kids will be off for an entire week for Easter holiday. Grandma knows that Joe and his brother Ron will both be leaving their homes 550 miles away, over the river, through the woods, and down the interstate, some 550 miles. So, she also knows they're leaving at 7 a.m. on Saturday, the first day of April. They have to be back at school bright and early on April 10th, a Monday. So, Grandma does what any self-respecting grandmother would do whilst expecting to see her grands for quite a few days. Grandma Margaret arranges for the family to see the county fair on Sunday, the last day of the fair, because the grandchildren's favorite TV puppets are going to be there putting on a show. And a local band who does great covers is going to be there Sunday night. On Monday, Grandma Margaret arranges for a special tour of the Children's Museum, a half-day ride on a riverboat cruise boat complete with food and a jazz band right there on the boat. The weather forecast isn't looking so hot for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so Grandma arranges for some of the other family members and relatives and old family friends to pop in on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Grandma will pull out the old home movies, make some popcorn, 
because grandma loves showing hours and hours and hours of old home movies. Uncle Pete and Aunt Gracie will come by with their RV on Tuesday as they're heading out of town, and the whole family can sit around and talk about the good old days while it rains outside. Grandma has exciting things planned for Friday. She's arranged for a local petting zoo to let the kids come early, and then a trip to go-kart heaven after lunchtime. Bumper cars, go-karts, pinball machines, video games, and even a zip line. Grandma wants to show everyone how fun she is. Saturday, Grandma has arranged for all the other local family members to come over for an early day picnic. She's even scheduled a pony ride for the grandchildren, and a bluegrass quartet will come to entertain the adults. She knows the kids will have to be back home on Monday morning, 550 miles away. So, of course, she scheduled nothing for Sunday, which is usually the traditional travel day to go back home. What Grandma doesn't know is that her two sons, Joe and Ronald, who have totally different political opinions and opinions about just about everything, the thing Grandma doesn't know is that her two sons also have different choices in the types of automobiles they drive. And that will have a deep impact on the plans for the week, at least for one of the brothers and his family. Joe and Rhonda have a fuel-efficient, compact, gasoline-powered SUV. It gets about 28 miles per gallon average. That's city and highway combined. So naturally, it will get much better fuel economy on a longer highway trip. About 35 miles per gallon is a pretty good estimate of what that little gasoline-powered SUV gets on the highway. Now, with a 15-gallon tank, Joe knows he will have to stop once for fuel. He would probably be very close to making it on one tank of gas if it were just he. But it is the wife, the two kids, and all that luggage. And, of course, a potty break for Rhonda and the kids, and some legs stretching for Joe. Joe is usually an efficient fueler, so he doesn't waste a lot of time at a gas station. As he pulls up to the pumps, Rhonda usually runs inside with the kids to freshen up. By the time she comes out from the restroom with a couple of snacks, they're usually back on the road in a total of about 15 to 20 minutes. 550-mile family vacation in a fuel-efficient gasoline or diesel vehicle that gets 28 to 30 miles per gallon can be completed in about seven and a half hours of driving time, doing 70 miles per hour average, plus about 30 minutes for that one fill-up halfway there. Now, there's an eight-and-a-half-hour trip to Grandma's house for Joe and Rhonda and the kids easily accomplished in one day, especially if they're leaving at 7 in the morning. They won't need to stop and rent a motel room along the way. But it's a different story for Ronald, the younger brother. You see, Ronald, being a flaming liberal, has opted to purchase a Biden-sanctioned Green New Deal-style electric vehicle. And he purchased a Shandu Democrat. That's the car, the official electric car of the Truth Hurts program, by the way. Ronald found out the hard way that the median driving range of any all-electric car in the United States is only about 250 miles, according to the energy.gov website he visited there. This assumes a single 160-pound person driving an average of 60 miles per hour, so the family trip at highway speeds will likely reduce that 250-mile range considerably. Of course, with four people and all of their luggage, the range of the Shandu Democrat will be considerably shorter, which will mean Ronald and the family will have to recharge at least twice along the way. Now, presuming your little Shandu Democrat electric car can achieve 70 miles per hour with a family of four inside, 
the actual driving time would still be seven and a half hours. But instead of a single 15 to 20 minute fuel stop, they will have to stop at 200 miles to charge, and then again at 400 miles, once again to charge. And then, with still 150 miles left in their trip, they might make it on into Grandma's without having to charge for a third time. Now, considering that the vast majority of America does not have fast charging ports readily available everywhere, and presuming that you did your homework and mapped out places along the way, you will have to add a minimum of 16 hours or more to your trip because it takes an average of eight hours to charge an electric car from empty to full using a seven kilowatt charging station, if you can find one. So this one day trip will now turn into almost a three day trip just to get 550 miles to grandma's house. That's seven and a half hours of driving time plus two eight hour charging sessions. And of course, you have to sleep in between, right? Joe, Rhonda, and their two little ones arrived Saturday about 4.30. They apologized to Grandma for the extra hour's delay. You see, during their fuel stop, little Susie saw cows in a field behind the gasoline station, and little Susie loves cows. So she spent quite a bit of time at the fence calling the cows over, and then she fed them a little bit of grass, making her day. And instead of the usual 15-minute fuel stop, it became about an hour-long fuel stop because little Brad realized that his bathroom break would probably take a little longer than usual. Sit-down stuff, not stand-up stuff. You get it. All that aside, Grandma was so excited to see Joe and Rhonda and little Susie and little Brad. They sat and drank iced tea and ate some fresh-baked cookies. And then, after a little while, they decided to go out for a nice steak dinner. Joe's treat. Meanwhile, Ronald and the kids also left Saturday morning at 7 a.m. They had driven all of 200 miles on Saturday morning, and right about that 200-mile mark, the charging status bar started illuminating on the dashboard, saying, Charge System Now. Luckily, Ronald's wife Charlene had called ahead to a local motel that had one single charging port in their parking lot. So here we are, two and a half hours into their trip, and there they were, Ronald, Charlene, Mikey and Michaela, all getting ready to bed down for the night, no, for the middle of the morning. Yes, because less than three hours into their trip, their little electric car would now need an eight-hour charge, minimum. Luckily, it would only be about 5.30 in the afternoon when they would be fully charged and ready just in time for afternoon traffic to get back on the road again. Now, while Joe and his family were enjoying a nice steak dinner with Grandma, Ron and his family were finally getting back on the road after an eight-hour charge. And because you only get about 200 miles per charge, they would be in need again of another eight-hour charge just in time for bed. And again, because Ron's wife Charlene is so very good on the internet, she found yet another motel with a single charging station so they could sleep for the night and charge the Shandu. We hope. About five o'clock in the morning, Sunday, Ron was scurrying to get out of the shower, dressed and out the door. Hurry up, hurry up, everyone. We want to be on the road by 5 a.m. so we can get our second day started. Oh, no. The charging station either screwed up in the middle of the night or someone came out, unplugged the cable from the Shandu, and did a short charge on their own electric car. But they forgot to restart the charger on Ron's Shandu. Darn the luck, only 30% charged. 
Well, after 30 minutes of arguing with the motel desk clerk, begging to see the security camera footage to find out who dared unplug him in the middle of the night to charge their own vehicle, Ron was now aggravated and agitated. Now they can only drive about another 50 to 60 miles. Charlene, again to the rescue, has found a charging port about 50 miles up the road. That's when we'll eat breakfast, Ron said, at a normal time, when most people eat breakfast, while the car charges. They arrived at the house of Waffles about 7 a.m. Sunday morning, and that's where we find Ron and the family waiting for eight hours to charge the electric Shandu. That's one heck of a day to spend your second day of your Easter vacation. Now it's about 3.30 on Sunday afternoon. Charlene says, But Ron, think how fortunate they were to not have had to wait for another patron to finish charging their electric car at the single charging port at the House of Waffles. She reminds him of just last month when they had to wait three hours because another electric car had pulled into a charging station just seconds before they got there. Fun times. They had 250 miles under their belt now, and with just a little over 300 miles left to go, the kids were bored and tired, and Ron's patience was wearing thin. Ron knew that in just three hours, he'd have to go through this all over again. In his head, he was doing clock math. They left the motel, drove another 50 miles, followed by another eight hours to charge. They left the House of Waffles somewhere between 2.30 and 3, I believe, on Sunday. And now, three hours of driving until the next charge would be due. That would be about 6, 6.30 on Sunday afternoon. The entire day wasted. And then eight more hours to charge fully? 1.30, 2 in the morning, Monday morning? We'll wake the kids from the second night at the motel about 1.32 a.m. But wait! This time we won't need to charge it all the way. We'll only have 100 miles left to go by then. I won't need a full eight-hour charge, Ron thought. Quick calculation, charging math once again. Two hours? No. Three? No. Four? Let's go four and a half hours. That should get us there with about 15% to spare, I hope. Yes, we'll stop for our next charge at 6.30 p.m. We'll do a four and a half hour charge and we could be to Grandma's front door by 9.30, 10 o'clock. Oh, God. Joe, Rhonda, and their kids and Grandma had a wonderful steak dinner Saturday night. They spent Sunday at the last day of the county fair, rode the rides, rode the elephants, pony rides, saw the shows, ate all the snacks and drank all the soft drinks, had ice cream. What a Sunday. Tuckered out from the day's activities, Grandma called it a night about 8.30. Joe, Rhonda, and the kids weren't far behind. They all fell into their bedrooms, into their beds asleep for a wonderful, deep, relaxing sleep. Meanwhile, while waiting for the Shandu electric car to charge again, Ronald's thoughts went back a few years, just for a moment. Thoughts about his carefree days of driving his V8 sports car across the country in just three to four days' time, one side to the other back when he wasn't so uptight. But yet here he was, two full days into the vacation, and he only had 250 miles completed out of his 550-mile trip. 300 more miles to go. But Ron was a responsible tree hugger now, a climate alarmist, a panicky kind of guy who got fooled into believing all the hype, the lies, the doom and gloom, the panicky predictions. Oh well. Let's just enjoy the quiet whine of the electric motor. Don't worry about the coal-fired utility plant that produced the electricity for charging your car at home. Don't think about the oil-fired utility power plant you just passed a few miles back, 250 miles away from your home that you plugged into at the House of Waffles. 
Certainly, don't worry yourself about where the electricity will come when you stop to charge again in less than three short hours. Driving along and then realizing it was time to stop again. This time, Ron thought, but I won't need the full eight hours. Only four and a half. That's half a load. And the hopes Ron would get the final hundred miles out of his partial charge, Ron thought better of it. Went for five hours just to be on the safe side. And back on the road for the final hundred miles of his trip by 11 o'clock that evening, Ron said, we're not going to stay at another hotel. We're going to soldier onward through the night. And just shy of two hours later, with a charging system flashing once again on the dash monitor, they pulled up to the completely darkened house of Grandma's just after 1 a.m. Bright and early on Monday morning, Joe, Rhonda, the kids, and Grandma were busy eating homemade pancakes, biscuits, and bacon by 6 a.m. After all, Grandma was an early riser. She got to cooking breakfast at 5 in the morning. The coffee was brewed, waiting for the adults. And Joe, Rhonda, the kids, and Grandma were all showered and ready to hit the road for 7 a.m., just as Grandma had planned. We can pile into the two cars and head over to the new children's museum in town just around 8.30 when they open, Grandma said. Ron trudged down the stairs, baggy eyes, tousled hair, the look of a beaten man. How was the trip, little brother, said Joe. Shut up, Joe. I don't want to talk about it. And could you guys be quiet? My kids are still sleeping. I don't know if we're going to make it to the children's museum anyway, Mom. We got in well after midnight, and I forgot to plug in the extension cord to the Shandu, so it's going to take at least 10 to 12 hours on that outlet just to get me back to about 60% charge. Well, you guys could take Grandma's big Buick. There's plenty of room in that thing for you, the wife, the kids. It'll be great. Now, you know, there's no way I'm going to drive a big pollution mobile, Joe. Well, we'll just hang around the house today, but you guys, could you do me a favor and hurry up and go ahead and leave now before my kids wake up? I don't want them to be disappointed when they see you guys all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and knowing you're heading for a fun day at the Children's Museum. And could you guys kind of downplay all the fun when you get back tonight? I don't want my kids to be bummed out because they miss the fun. Now I could go on and tell you that Joe and Rhonda came home. The kids couldn't wait to tell their cousins how much fun they had had the last three days. I don't want to tell you about how the weather was pretty crappy on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and everyone just kind of sat around the house... The Shandu finally did get charged back up. And, unfortunately, Ron and Charlene and their kids decided to go ahead and leave Thursday night right after dinner. They figured they could get three hours of driving in, stop for a motel, get back on the road Friday morning, drive three hours, spend eight hours charging, and then drive some more. Sure, they'd be home sometime Sunday, just in time to charge up the Shandu overnight and the kids would be ready for school on Monday. I also don't want to tell you just how much fun Joe and Rhonda and their kids had with Grandma that Friday. The weather had actually cleared up Thursday, just around the time that Ron, Charlene, and their kids got on the road. So Grandma treated Joe, Rhonda, and their kids to a wonderful night at the local saloon. Kids welcome. Friday went just as planned for Grandma, Joe, Rhonda, and the kids. They had a blast. And even Saturday, there were all kinds of fun things to do. Don't you kind of pity old Ron and Charlene, and especially their kids? They spent their entire nine days of vacation with two-thirds of that time being in the car or waiting for the car to charge. 
Yes, sign me up for an electric car. Not hardly. Anyway, I just thought I'd give you a little fun on this Monday morning edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Steve C. and the Truth Hurts program. Introducing the all-new 2021 Shandu Democrat, the ultimate transportation automobile for the active liberal. The new 2021 Shandu Democrat is a Chinese-manufactured all-electric car that runs on wind and solar only, so it does not pollute. Made from 100% recycled materials, including high-strength plastic frame and axles, repurposed glass, and seat covers made from donated clothing, the 2021 Shandu Democrat is the perfect vehicle for the liberal progressive lifestyle. And new for 2021, the COVID edition Shandu Democrat comes with five individual COVID mask hangers, UV light sanitizers, a pre-start COVID testing apparatus, and alcohol sanitizing dispensers located throughout the cabin. The 17-speaker sound system comes available only with CNN, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, ABC, CNBC, HLN, and of course, NPR. You'll never have to worry about hearing evil Republican commentary because we have blocked it all, permanently. No wind outside? Cloudy day? Dark of night? That's your problem. The 2021 Shandu Democrat will never use an ounce of petroleum or ever rely on electricity from the grid. The tires are made from actual rubber tree plants. So if it's dark and breeze-free, you can now sit on the side of the road and look at all that nature has to offer. Available in every color of the rainbow, except white, of course. The 2021 Shandu Democrat, coming to a Biden dealership near you. And it's AOC approved. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Audionautics.